0: and welcome to another episode of Movie Mastery. I'm John, as always Jeff is here with me. I and sure am. am. It's a special special episode for we have a guest this time, first time on Movie Mastery and it's Claire.
1: This is a very special episode that you should talk to your parents about before you listen, kids.
0: Yeah, be sure and <laughs> call your parents and let them know you're going to listen to this and Tell them you've made some really poor choices in life. So, as you know, we watch movies you suggest. And first, we watch the trailer, let you know what our predictions are, and then we get into the movie. This week, we are watching Mommy Dearest. So this one was actually recommended by Claire way, way back when we first started assembling recommendations at all. I I actually had to roll an 8 to get this out of, I think, about 53 or so movies that are in the list right now. So, that was about time. Uh, unfortunately, I have seen it. I have not.
1: Neither have I. Yeah,
0: which is perfect, so that means that you two can give your predictions about what you expect from the trailer, and I can just read my phone for the next two hours. Oh, good. Yeah. So, uh, so Fire Away, what do you think? What'd you think of the trailer? Well, that trailer was... uh, Like, the whole goddamn movie? Pretty much. Also, I, I... I can't get into any of the, like, biopic things. I just... I sort of don't care about celebrities or what their lives were like. Mm-hmm. So every time I'm like, "Oh, they they had it hard. They needed to do a thing." I'm like, oh, I don't fucking care." Are, are there dragons in this? Who, who <laughs> fucking cares then?
1: Sometimes there's riding the dragon in a celebrity
0: biopic. Yeah, about Cisco. I don't. Yeah. Think- <laughs> <laughs> This trailer was way too long. I mean, it's an old-school trailer. This movie's from, like, 1981, I think. And it was
1: also made in the style of those, like, you know, 40s and 50s movies that Joan Crawford was in, and it was customary to have a really long, stupid trailer exactly like this, so it's a shout-out to the the genre of movies that Crawford was in.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, it definitely feels like this is the type of uh, trailer you would have seen for, like, Gone with the Wind and stuff like that, just... And now, here's things, and the plot, all of the twists, here they are. Yeah, but from ba- basically just from watching the trailer, that the impression you get is, this is a movie about a super Hollywood celebrity who has it all, and then she gets a baby, and then she goes crazy.
1: Yep. I That's exactly what happens to all women, so I don't see the problem. <laughs> yes,
0: all women are Hollywood celebrities. <laughs> Little known fact. <laughs> and then they go crazy, regardless of whether or not they have a baby. Yeah. yeah. Accurate. Yeah. So in this case, we see her getting a baby that apparently isn't hers, and it's very expensive to get the baby. Well,
1: then it's hers. And then she it paid is hers. For it.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. The, the, the invisible hand of capitalism says that's her baby. <laughs> Doesn't matter how Chinese it might be. It is not. It's a it's very a white a baby. Perfectly they,
1: Aryan baby. They paid Jeff. a lot of
0: extra money to get Aryan. Yeah, that's why it was expensive. Yeah. There's the scene in the trailer where he's like, Oh, you cost me a lot of money. And I'm like, Well, yeah, you got a blonde baby. That's, of course you did. That's, that's like when you go and get a teriyaki bowl and you pay extra for white meat. It's the same in baby trafficking. Yeah. Every time you want that white meat. <laughs> All right. So, uh, predictions. What do you guys think? Uh, I think Joan Crawford goes crazy. All right. Well, like, that, that's literally the plot of the film. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I watch her. Have a thing where she beats her kid with a wire hanger, so... And that's,
1: that's one of the things about the movie that has made it into pop culture in generally as beating a child with a wire hammer as being, like, kind of the epitome of child abuse.
0: Yeah, no more wire hangers! And she's whapping her with it, yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah. there should be various and exciting forms of child abuse, I hope for quite a plethora. Aside from that, I definitely expect awesome costumes. Uh, that's that's okay. a good
0: expectation. This is a very period piece movie. I have no idea what actually happened in Joan Crawford's life at all, so I can just make predictions on what happened and be completely wrong for what was in reality. Like, I can go, yeah, I think her kid murdered her. Sure, why not? That's how the movie ends. (laughs) The kid stands over Joan Crawford's lifeless corpse with a knife going, and that's for you, mommy dearest. Well, based on her histrionics, her kid murders her about once a day. That's based on what she said. Oh, you're murdering me! She'll say a lot of that. So, so, so you'll be all set for that. I, do, I, do, I know there's some highs and lows for me in this film. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to like the first 15 to 20 minutes of it again. Given that impression, I feel yeah. like my prediction is apparently that she turns into a goat slowly throughout the movie. <laughs> oh oh my god! Make fun man. of my make fun of my attempt at a mid-Atlantic accent. <laughs> fine.
1: You were a little
0: too Hepburn with that. Oh, okay. That's what I was aiming for. I was shooting for the Hepburn. <laughs> right. Your past Hepburn went straight to county fair. <laughs> That's some pig. <laughs> <laughs> Crunchy. <laughs> uh, well, I guess we should go watch the movie. Yep, let's go ahead and see that, and then we will be back with our book report on what we did this summer with Mommy. And we are back. We are back from the... Dreamlike limbo state <laughs> that is mommy dearest yeah you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about and I forgot too when we were doing the intro is that uh, this actually has two trailers. They did that original trailer which we just watched two and a half or three or seven however many hours so, ago it was. I forget it feels like a lifetime. Did I have this uh, beard?
1: Where am I? Who,
0: who am I? <laughs> Flying cars What year is it? Why, it is Christmas Day! (laughs) I haven't missed it! (laughs) No, No, but uh, they actually cut a second trailer for this film after showing it to test audiences who thought it was a a comedy, because it's so campy and so melodramatic.
1: I I object to the word campy. I'll agree with melodramatic, but camp just, I wasn't feeling that word in this. It's very mannered in the style of movies from the 40s and 50s.
0: Well I feel like Campy is something you try for now. Yes. That's and, and this is not trying for it. This is mm-hmm. trying to be deadly serious. Yeah. The <laughs> The problem with that is that it's not like the whole I know the whole point of the Joan Crawford thing is that she was constantly overacting even in her normal life.
1: Right. You have to it's a Gloria Swanson thing.
0: But it just makes it so that you can't ever take the real life scenes seriously because it all seems like bad acting even (laughs) if bad acting is how she acted in real life so you're watching this going like i don't know if that's accurate or not but watching it makes me feel like i'm watching a high school production of someone's life well it's
1: meta because faye dunaway is actually a very good actress so to see her performing like that i feel like it's really a testament to her craft (laughs) that it's very meta she's an actress Playing an actress who's constantly acting in her real life badly, but Faye Dunaway is doing it well. And it's meta. Just, yeah. just think about it.
0: There's a whole there's a whole extra layer in there too because she's taking her cues about how angry and melodramatic to be in any given scene from the fact that this uh, screenplay is based on Gosh uh, Joan Crawford's daughter's book, yeah.
1: Christina Crawford. Yeah, yeah,
0: Christina Crawford. So that book is probably very colored by having been Christina Crawford, and therefore there's a lot of extra anger that she has to act in this in Faye Dunaway, and that. Uh, Diana Skarmid has to act out throughout this thing about how sort of stiff and angry they are. It really reads like like a kid wrote the book, at least in, in certain scripts. Like, the big confrontation scenes are just like, I'm mad.
1: Yeah, it's probably an exaggeration. I would guess that Joan Crawford was way more calm and reasonable while she was beating her daughter
0: <laughs> with a coat hanger. I don't, I'm not saying it's not exaggerated. What I'm saying is that when it was written for the book, it literally comes out from conversations that were probably a little deeper to just, I'm mad. No, <laughs> you lied. I'm damn mad. <laughs> it's just very simple. No, like, I like the idea it.
1: that that's how she was. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> See, the, okay. So the, the main issue I have with that is that the movie ends up having just small snippets. And I, maybe, maybe in the book, there's more of a through line for everything. But in the movie, we start with just little scenes of, Oh, here's Joan Crawford and, she wants to have a baby, and then she gets a baby, and then it just goes. But there's no plot line. Yeah, there's no. a, well, there's no there's no a timeline. There's a. So there's not a plot line. There's an issue that definitely comes up from that, which is that the whole middle of this movie is basically the same scene over and over again. Which is that uh, we we learn very early on, like literally in the opening pre credit sequence, we learn that uh, Joan Crawford su- suffered from crippling OCD because we see her getting ready in the morning.
1: Was it? We might have to play around of name that mental illness. Because okay, I'm seeing more NPD personally.
0: Uh, you'll have to you'll have to spell out what that Narcissistic is.
1: Narcissistic personality okay.
0: disorder. Neil Patrick <laughs> Darris. <laughs> She's got a wicked case of Neil Patrick Darris. Neil Daris.
1: Patrick Diamond.
0: <laughs> Neil Patrick Daenerys. <laughs> yeah. You know, the well, I mean, you can also say, oh yes, well, this is just a reflection of what you have to do if you're a lady in Hollywood and you have to go through all of these things to be, like, the picturesque thing that they want you to be. Yeah, I suppose and that's so- true. That's that's kind of the... They want to set up that illusion in the beginning that maybe she gets up at 3 in the morning and scrubs her elbows with a wire brush because it's the only way to be a famous Hollywood lady in the yeah, 40s. Like, that's what the producers and the, all of the people around her expect her to do. Yeah. Is but, to be up at 3 in the morning which, and scrubbing her face. Which is a relatively clever trick because, you know, by the middle of the movie, she's spending most of her time just drunkenly stumbling into her daughter's room and then whipping her with things. Which, because things aren't clean enough, and... and we I mean, we lose the OCD thing, like, immediately. Like, the, we have that opening scene of her going, Okay... I have to clean my face for forever. It takes forever to clean my face. And I have to use all this ice, and then I have to take a second hot shower, and it sucks. But then the next shot is her getting mad at her maid for not moving a giant plant. Yeah, it's yes. so if you're going to wash the floor, you got to move everything out of the way and really do it right. I'm not mad it. at you. I'm mad at dirt.
1: And to me, that whole scene with the plant where she yells at the maid for not moving the plant and cleaning the floor, that's much more just being a cunt, not so much being OCD.
0: <laughs> There's
1: a difference.
0: Yeah. Uh. But, I mean, that's what you're supposed... I mean, this movie was made in 1981. I'm guessing that NPD is probably a more recent... At this point, they probably would have just called her obsessive or something when in the when the movie was made. They really want you to go, oh, this is the sort of person who scrubs themselves forever. This will be a Rain Man movie in two years. <laughs> the Well, I feel like if it was all about her just being an asshole, then she wouldn't have gone down and scrubbed everything herself. Because I think that's the main point, is it shows her, even before she's, like, angry at the maid or whatever, she's on the floor scrubbing things herself.
1: And I thought that was an interesting sort of feint, because if you see that out of context, you think, oh, she's down to earth, she's not stuck up, she'll do cleaning herself, what a nice lady! But then you start to understand that something else is going on there. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, anyway, we, we have her first boyfriend in the film. The first of, I think, four different people she dates during the film. Uh, which is this sort of very f- late 40s, early 50s, rugged kind of like, like cheesecloth voice guy. Like, ah, baby, I find you attractive. <laughs>
1: that's not what cheesecloth sounds like. It is when you yeah. stuff it down <laughs> your throat. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you, you've never heard me with cheesecloth on the throat. That's, that's what happens. So he, he helps her get a baby through nefarious means. I mean, they won't let her adopt, which is, I find amusing that she can't simply buy an adoption in like 1948 or whatever it is. I,
1: I don't find that strange because even today a single woman would have trouble adopting a child and so they're saying it's, it's friggin' 39 or 40 it's, whatever. Yeah, 39, You're, you're not right. married, you've been divorced two times, you work all the time, we can't give you a baby. And then the adoption... The adoption agency chick sort of says something like, "We think you'd be an unfit mother," and I think they were sort of accidentally right. I mean, did they oh, yeah, have yeah. A shrink? Yeah. yeah, that lady <laughs> was
0: trying to save a baby, <laughs> but uh, I don't I understand. Like- I've been around you for five minutes. And I know. Yeah, <laughs> I know you're terrible. <laughs> I just, I feel like getting a baby out of an adoption agency should have been getting harder over the past 60 or 70 years instead of easier. I feel like back then you should have just been able to walk into a room full of adorable moppets and pick one up and walk off. It doesn't even <laughs> need to be an orphanage. Yeah, you now just, you have to go to yeah. Russia to
1: do that shit.
0: I mean, Daddy Warbucks managed to get a whole bunch of them and he didn't even have a wife. I mean, he was a single man. Yeah, <laughs> so but he was a man. Oh, that's right. You're right. I'm sorry. Annie a man.
1: is known for its verisimilitude and its accurate <laughs> portrayal of the adoption <laughs> process. It's, it's
0: every bit as true to life as this film would appear to be. <laughs> uh, so this yeah. Movie song, this movie could have used some charming songs. Oh
1: my god, why haven't they redone this as a musical? That would this be amazing. is exactly the sort of story that Broadway would love to get its, its nails into right now. A Mommy oh. Dearest
0: musical? The, that, yes. that would fix no, the, the camp thing. <laughs> yes. The second yeah. you talked about, like, oh, there there aren't any uh songs this, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> oh no, because that is perfect. <laughs> no more hanging wires. <laughs> just be perfect. No, mommy, no, mommy, no. (laughs) That is awesome. And that would also let us cast, like, a drag queen in the lead role. Yeah. Because, let's face it, that is a drag queen position right there. I mean, they should have cast one instead of Faye Dunaway.
1: If only we still had Divine.
0: Oh, Divine would have been right for this. Yeah. (laughs) We could have gotten Divine. No. (laughs) No. I'm not going to put my foot down on that one. (laughs) No. You can't stop it. No one puts
1: their foot down on Divine. Oh, man.
0: Just stumbling into a room covered in cold cream and dog poop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god, and then she'd have to prepare for the movie. <laughs> oh. All right, so her skeezy lawyer boyfriend manages to get her a baby through some channel. Yeah. We don't know. He just the first thing he says about the baby is, "Hello, baby. You were expensive." <laughs> <laughs> Which is an awesome great. You cost me a lot of favors, baby. You, baby, literal I, baby. I, I, I got to say whoever that is, that's my favorite character in the movie, and I'm so sad when he walks out. Because every line he has is like that. There's a point where where she's like, I want a kid. I want to adopt. And he's like, out of the question, doll. (laughs) He's just like, man. Uh. The 50s just drip out of you, don't they? (laughs) Yeah. When I towel off, I leave a bunch of 50s behind. (laughs) I poop cigarettes. (laughs) Anyway, uh, she gets the baby from him and then gets mad at him over... Something or other. Oh, I'm sorry. Before that happens, we do the birthday scene because she's the the uh, the baby's only a baby for one scene in the film. Yeah, Yeah. here's a baby, and then smash cut to a circus on your lawn (laughs) with a girl who will be eight for what is probably the next ten years. I have no idea. This movie's got the worst sense of time.
1: Yeah, that number one complaint about this movie for me was not the bad acting, not the weird dialogue. Aside from the eyebrows, it would be just the passage of time was not communicated in any way, shape, or form.
0: Yeah, the only way that this movie was able to really let you know time had moved forward was clothing. Yeah, they yeah. get they get one giveaway, which is when they switch the child actor out for the adult actor of the daughter. And that's it. And that's then it. you get some old makeup on Faye Dunaway. Yeah. But even then, within scenes, it would be like oh, uh, fucking mommy is angry at you because you've ruined her chances to do, I don't know, fill in the blank, it doesn't matter. Some film thing. And then she's like, I need to go out, so you need to take care of your room. And then it would cut, and she would be in a completely different outfit and running around in a different part of the house, and you're like, oh, this is tomorrow. No, it's that (laughs) night. She hasn't even left yet. I'm like, What the fuck is going on? I feel like they thought that just using changing clothes would work to set the timescale, but Joan Crawford was a person who, for most of her life, was trapped in the late 40s. Yes,
1: exactly. So
0: every dress she comes in is just yet another late 40s dress.
1: And in 1981, I feel like audiences might have still been able to read the nuance of the difference between, like, World War II fashion, new look, and so on. But we we can't follow that until she gets the 60s hair.
0: Which, yeah, you're right. And the, the big thing is it doesn't really matter because, okay we get a birthday party scene where she's riding around on her daughter on a carousel with her daughter. Yes. Uh, riding around out. on her daughter. Woo! Just using that reverse cowgirl. Now, she She's on a carousel with her daughter asking her if she's having a lovely time. And then we get an interesting setup which is that uh, she has to go and take her daughter and pose as they open up birthday presents. And there's this hectoring photographer who's just like, <laughs> like, oh, you need to have her change out that grass stain. For the studio. Yeah, that <laughs> might show. The studio needs pictures of her opening presence. And the it's, studio needs pictures. Pictures, pictures of, of Spider-Man! <laughs> no, I, 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 what I meant, what I meant to go by with this was I thought this, when I first watched this movie, because again, I've seen this before, when I first watched this movie, I thought that that was going to be part of the plot, was that this girl's life was going to be dominated by the studio system. Right. And instead, that's a one-off scene. The, the, this this one photographer is just like no, we need pictures of her opening a present. Look how good she is at modeling.
1: Right. It's not a it's not a John Benet Ramsey story. It's not you know gypsy. It's not about the mother trying to mold the little girl into a star. It's just about the mother being insane and abusing the child. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah.
0: So anyway, that happens, and then we get the first sign that the mom is, or that Joan Crawford is dangerous and abusive to her child because when she comes upstairs, and this is halfway there. This is halfway abusive. She's like, oh, do you like that doll the most? Good, because we're going to pack up all your other toys and give them to orphans. Yeah. <laughs> and the, you get to keep one thing. Yeah. And then the... Uh, awesome our, lawyer. And then 50s guy comes yeah. in and is like, hey, baby, I got you this bracelet. I know you like it. Yeah. And then, like, Joan Crawford gets to be like, oh, well... I guess maybe you can have two things. Yeah, after what I'm going to say is the biggest thing in this movie is a 30-second interminable pause where we stare at Joan Crawford's face. <laughs> I mean, honestly, forget Divine. If we remake this movie, it should be Daniel Day-Lewis because <laughs> because all you need is just endless slow close-ups of the main character. Daniel Day-Lewis is Joan Crawford in Mommy Dearest 2.
1: <laughs> See, I want to go back to the birthday scene because to me the most horrifying and abusive thing in that scene were her sleeves?
0: Oh yeah, she's on wearing
1: that dress. She's wearing a poof uh, sleeve. Uh, she's uh, wearing uh, some
0: poof they sleeves. Are, which,
1: they're as big as her head.
0: Yeah, I assume that poof sleeves are something that has more kind of a negative reaction from from women than from men who never wear them. Did, <laughs> did you get stuck in those at like a homecoming dress I, at some
1: point? Yeah, no, a bridesmaid's dress when I was about twelve. I yeah, still have flashbacks. Yeah,
0: I, mean, I feel like those are, there's a couple of uh, fashion items that men will never understand that women are like, oh, <laughs> I mean, one of them is poof sleeves. Another one will be the butt bow.
1: Oh dear God. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, but you're right, that outfit is horrifying. And then she gets a grass stain on it, so forget about it, right? <laughs> we also, in the birthday scene, uh, find out that she has adopted a little boy as well. Oh, yeah. And we have Christina and now Christopher. <laughs> but oh, God. We, we had one baby for, like, maybe a minute before we smash cut to, okay, it's like five or six years later, and now it's your birthday, and here, I've got another baby, And then we sort of forget that he exists for most of it. Yeah. But he's like he has one line in the whole movie. The the son gets one line. He offers to help at one point. It is rejected. And then he comes back at the very end as Xander Berkeley. (laughs) And this is just one more thing in the movie that makes it feel very dreamlike to me. That's Mm. my whole point to this movie is it feels like you're watching someone dream because it just... Goes between different places and times without any real semblance of movement. There's no development in anyone. People just react to things randomly. And, like, threads get picked up and dropped. There's a baby. (laughs) The baby isn't there. He's a little kid. little kid isn't there. Like, it just... There's so weird. There's I a whole to bunch know of... what was
1: going on with him being strapped to the bed. Like, was that yeah. punishment? Was it behavior control? Oh, Did he God. have epilepsy? No, Why he, was he, he strapped to the he bed?
0: Presumably, well, you notice in the very first shot of the baby version of him, he's already wearing the little yellow bed straps. Huh. So, I, I assume he has some sort of tossing and turning disease, or he probably just tosses and turns, and his mom it freaks his <laughs> weird mom out. Right. Yeah, so she just straps him down so he doesn't. Well, it was one of those little details in the movie that I went. That's way more interesting than literally (laughs) anything you have said. You know it's just something that's in the book, and they were like, well, we have to show him sleeping because he shares a room with a daughter, so I guess we gotta put this strap thing on it, because it's mentioned in the book, but God knows this movie is not about that son at all. (laughs) Even in scenes when he's an adult and in the room, people still talk to her to the daughter as if the son's not also in there. They're just like this is the part of the will that if that addresses Christina and I guess Christopher too <laughs> and your brother Christopher wherever he is. Jeff, Hi.
1: Jeff. You're spoiling the movie. Oh,
0: I'm sorry. Gosh, jeez, I'm sorry, guys. Oh, sorry. Oh, Spoiler no. alert: Someone dies. We don't know who yet, but someone. <laughs> oh, just to wait. Maybe it's the maid. <laughs> anyway, this cut at this point she breaks up with Rad '50s dude because he does something that offends her at a Hollywood restaurant. He, she thinks he's pimping her out to, uh, Hollywood bankers in order to get parts in movies, which he is because she told him to. Yeah, well, that's the weirdest thing in the, uh, that scene that they have at the restaurant is they show up at a restaurant mm-hmm. and there are fans around and she stands around outside to like sign autographs, whatever. And he goes in. When he goes in, he sees the head of the studio and some bankers, talks to them. When Joan Crawford comes in and is like, Oh, you got invited over to, uh mayor's table and he's the head of the studio and these are two very like super rich banker guys and the fact that she didn't want to sit with them no. when he was like hey you should sit with us no that's oh, not no, I got that's it. not the I point because she's because she's not the, she thinks the restaurant is hers she's possessive of her own experience and for her to sit down at their table means that she's doing what they want what she would prefer to do is sit down at her own table at her own restaurant because she totally is the boss of the restaurant, and have them come to her.
1: Well, she also sees it as a measure of her value that... If she were the one sitting at her own table and they had to come to her as a supplicant, then that would reaffirm for her the idea that she's really powerful and mayor is indebted to her. The studio relies on her, and all these money men rely on her. But for him to strong arm her into being arm candy, basically, and some novelty for the bankers to be entertained by yeah, dinner—that's so what wives. set her off. That yeah. she felt like her power had been taken from
0: her. Yeah, oh, no, that's goodness. that's absolutely right, and and and, uh, and so she starts yelling it at. Uh, Rad fifties dude and throwing drinks at him, and then and then he's like, "Baby, I'm leaving. I should have left a long time ago, and I'm walking out the door." And
1: his his final line was so great. It was like, "Good night, good luck,
0: goodbye." Oh yeah, because this movie's got so many like Uh. scene ending. A a lot of those, a lot of the scenes end with a person saying something. Then you stare at their face for a long time. (laughs) Then they say it again. It's like Samwise Gamgee all over again. (laughs) It's just Yoda. It's. You will be. You will be. It'll be all right, all right Mr. Frodo? It'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it, so he breaks up with her and she tries to keep him by doing like a seductive pose on the bed. She's like, "Oh shit. Oh shit. I accident I went too far. I went too far in my crazy yelling at him and now he's going to leave and I can't have him leave because he's my ticket into Hollywood." So she tries to lie down seductively on the bed which it just doesn't no. doesn't come play. here join me on the bed I'm only mostly crazy right now. I'm fully clothed and ready to go.
1: Well, that was also where a lot of the all about Eve parallels came in for me where she's this aging star. She thinks she's still hot shit and super sexy, but everybody else is starting to not see her that way anymore. And she doesn't she can't acknowledge that. Well, that she's the, not sexy anymore.
0: That's yet again one of the reasons I like 50s dudes so much is that in that scene he's like, "Baby, you keep acting like you're young." You're old. Yeah. I'm old. We're old. Let's do old people stuff. And, and she's like, she's like, how dare you? <laughs> Come on. Let's have old people sex. Just slow and sloppy.
1: I didn't get old. It's the pictures that got young.
0: A pile of carpets on top of another pile of carpets. That's what our sex looks like now. <laughs> uh, yeah. So <laughs> this, of course, just sends Joan into a I mean, I would say it sends her into a spiral, but I think she's already at the bottom. Yeah. It just makes yeah. her start twirling on the ground. Oh, yeah, like three like stooges. Yeah. Yeah. woo Yeah. So I, I don't even remember which version of daughter punishing she does in this sequence. I think it's the one where she goes off and cuts her daughter's hair.
1: No, I think the hair cutting was earlier, because I'm thinking about the bangs that she well, had okay. in that Okay, so... Yeah.
0: So we had the, uh, freak out over her, uh, when she had to leave the studio or whatever. leave MGM. So we she... We had the, the freak that's out the when Garden. she got the, uh, the role in another movie, and that's when she cuts her daughter's that's, hair. That's the haircut. But then
1: it's when she wins the Oscar, that's the night of the coat hanger scene, isn't that, it? Yes, Which, yes, yes it yeah. is.
0: So the haircut is when she gets the part in some... Oh, it's uh, Mildred Pierce. She gets a job mm-hmm. in Mildred... Uh, a role in Mildred Pierce or Fierce or whatever that is. And, uh... And she goes Mildred up. Mildred Fierce and, and, and coming to a yeah, theater near you. No, Mildred Fierce is definitely the drag queen version of that. BRB rolling Dude. Mildred Fierce. Mildred Fierce is just a rad drag queen name. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. it's up on Earl right yeah. Now, oh, Attention, get it. all drag queens. <laughs> Mild- we know Mildred- you're all listening. <laughs> Mildred Fierce, Get it done. <laughs> You're going to have to explain it to a lot of people because no one remembers the films of 1952. Excuse you, Kate
1: Winslet was just in the remake.
0: Of Will- Mildred, Fierce? Mildred Pierce? Mildred <laughs> Fierce. Oh, I'm sorry, because I'm talking about Mildred Pierce. <laughs> uh, so yeah, oh, so, so she goes up and cuts her daughter's hair forcefully, and in each one of these scenes, and let's the reason we're just rattling them off on, on our <laughs> fingers It's because they're the same. <laughs> she she walks up behind her daughter while her daughter's doing crazy shit that she did because her mom is crazy. So she's in there pretending to be her mom.
1: That's not even crazy. She's a little girl no, playing there, dress up at there, her mom's
0: vanity. There was the one where it was like after the vanity scene and she had been like super crazy and cuts her daughter's hair and is There's the absolutely bonkers there's, she's being loud on the lawn is the other one and she gets drawn she she gets sent to her room so she goes in there and yells at her dolls. Yeah, she pretends to be her mom, essentially he's like you you kids, you woke mom up and you can't do that. You're bad and selfish. And, uh, and you get the scene where she's talking to her dolls like uh, Joan talks to her. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then Joan's in the background and sees her daughter doing this. And you're like, oh my God. Maybe this she, will be the
1: realization. She
0: sees how she's treating her daughter by the way her daughter's treating her dolls. And you even get on her face that sort of like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. But no, the next scene is the dolls are missing. Her daughter goes, someone took my dolls. And she's just like, well you should be glad to be rid of them because they were so terrible and selfish so I
1: swear to god that scene was the most abusive thing in the entire film I don't care about the coat hanger but intimating to your daughter that you will throw her away like a doll if she behaves badly
0: holy shit yeah and also that was the scene where John and I immediately agreed that what should have happened is (laughs) the top half of that Vader thing would just close over her while she rotates away she's
1: swanning around on this sort of round white leather couch it's (laughs) this (laughs)
0: giant round couch that sort of sunk so it's got this high back, and as soon as we cut to her, I'm like, "Oh, there's a top to this. A- <laughs> this is a dome. It's going to close down on her, so she can take her mask off." And she's just sitting there rubbing cream on her elbows, her her robot elbows, like a you super guys, villain, yeah. because Obi Wan cut her off at the elbows, oh. baby, baby. I'm going to cut her elbows off. <laughs> you are supposed to be balance to the force, baby. <laughs> 1950s Obi-Wan. That's, that's the best. If
1: that fanfic is not on Archive of Our Own in the next 24 hours, I swear to God.
0: So, so anyway, basically the reason that we're just rattling these off is because they're the same shit. She staggers into her daughter's room, or there's two versions. One of them is she staggers in while her daughter's sleeping and just looks around for something to be mad about. The, the other one is her daughter's doing something, and then it's revealed that Mom is behind her. And that's the thing that gets me, is I had to learn growing up that I had a little brother I had to share a room with, I got ninja good at knowing when it's safe to masturbate. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You learn to masturbate deadly silent and you learn you're just like always like alright oh, I'm masturbating I've got this going on I'm ma- oh I heard a noise oh, stop 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 Anyways, <laughs> put it away put it away tuck it into the waistband good okay I am not masturbating everything is fine. You'd think that the daughter who learns a lot of crazy behaviors from the mom would learn to dodge the mom, like. Your like, <laughs> ah,
1: masturbation. I'm,
0: I'm sorry. I gotta stop you here because I'm really hoping we get a mommy dearest esque uh, <laughs> book about your masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I was good at it. I didn't get caught. <laughs> Like I just I need this movie, of course, also starring drag queens. Yeah, yes. give me your life story of jerking off. All, all I'm saying is that when you're a kid, you learn real quick how to deal with negative things in your house. I got really good at avoiding when like my dad would come home and be slightly angry over so like when I had bad grades or something. I got really good at reading moods. The daughter in this is a dumbass.
1: No, no, no. Because there are definitely scenes where she can see it boiling up in her mom, but the big abusive scenes are out of nowhere. Well, uh, she's not misbehaving.
0: Yeah. There's a point where when I, I, I had a rough late period in my childhood where I spent a lot of my time being grounded and didn't want to talk to my parents at all, I hit the point where it could be my dad's birthday and they could be celebrating in the living room and I'd just be in my room. Cause if I went out there, it would be about me all of a sudden. I'd be like, I'd be like, hey dad, happy birthday. And he'd be like, you suck. Why are you still in my house? And I'd be like, huh. So I just stopped doing that. But she, every scene in this movie starts with her going wandering into her mom's room. Mom, are you in here? Would you like to beat me up, maybe? She never did that. Okay, okay
1: no, for the, the scene drink.
0: With the, vodka. the drink. When she brought her the
1: vodka.
0: And when she finds her mom drunk. The when eight. she brought her the vodka drink, and the lager <laughs> drink, and the whiskey drink, and the, and the and cider, cider drink. drink. Yeah. yeah. No, when she... Yeah. <laughs> but no, there's also the scene where she finds her mom drunk. She just wanders in and, Mom, I came in here to say goodnight. Why? Why would you do that? It's quiet. She's not hitting you. Just just let it be dead. Keep
1: your head down. So nope. there's,
0: there's like eight of these freaking yeah. things, and so there's, there's nothing that lear- you learn. The worst one, of course, and we've mentioned it several times, is the wire hanger, and I want to talk about that yeah. real quick. It oh yeah, a lot of attention. Because <laughs> there's a very specific question to be raised, is which... Horror movie clown is Joan Crawford in this <laughs> se- in this scene. Oh yeah, she's because she's got the cold cream going and the the, the lipstick still. Yeah, she's straight up to me watching it. I was like, "You're Pennywise the clown. You have come into this room and you're like, Georgie, I'm here to beat you with a wire hanger." And I got the new, not the very new, not the Jared Leto or Leto or whatever, but the uh, the Heath Ledger Joker because she's yeah. crying a lot of the makeup off. Yeah. And so uh, uh, to me, I got an immediate. You want to know how I got these scars? <laughs>
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to give it to Jeff. I'm gonna have to pick Jeff
0: up. On yeah, because uh, she shows up in this cold cream, and and yeah, this is the famous wire hanger scene. The real question to me, this is the big thing that's raised. This daughter never leaves this house. She never even gets to go out in the yard or anything. Where the fuck did she get wire hangers? Did she order them?
1: The maid should be getting beaten in yeah. this scene.
0: No, no, that's that's the one thing about this which is sort of interesting to me is we never see her be abusive to the maid. Even though almost all of the stuff that the child gets blamed for, whether it's the playing outside or the certain, uh, things she hasn't cleaned up, or there's a dress on a wire hanger. And, of course, you can't put a dress on a wire hanger because... I'm crazy and I'm I am It's Well, it's, yeah, it's yeah. the early fifties. I assume that wire hangers are made of lead and they just melt through dresses. No, well, I okay. don't even know.
1: The, okay, I'll explain this to you, gentlemen, because you don't understand this. Um, when you have a very nice dress and you hang it on a wire hanger, it creates a crease in the shoulder of the dress. And that is what Joan Crawford is freaking out about. But it's like a three hundred dollar dress. Oh, I am. <laughs> it's a three hundred dollar dress and it's on a wire hanger and it's gonna ruin the dress, and that's why all the other hangers were padded with fabric. They were probably scented sachets, it's still shit. Doesn't
0: Explain how the little kid got Not, them. Yeah, oh, that's no, what I I'm agree saying. With you yeah, so there's the one dress that's hung up with a wire hanger, and she freaks <laughs> out and starts throwing like all of the dresses out and going, "Where are all the wire hangers?" And what what the fuck? What did you think the kid did? Well, like well, leave and go buy I some? Oh, I mean,
1: pro tip. Not super rational. The
0: best I can think that I can figure is that maybe she took one of her brother's hangers because who gives a shit about his clothes, right? Right. That's because, I mean, because literally, this is the scene where he has his one line as a kid in the movie, and then he just straps himself right back into bed. It's like, <laughs> goodbye, I will see you at the funeral. Good day, <laughs> good day, ma'am. And that's that's it for him. So maybe they're his hangers that she's just accidentally picked up and used. Although, I don't think just was does. it. No, because this was hung up at about eye level to Joan a Crawford yeah yes. which means that sh- there is no possible way that she put this on a hanger yeah. and put it up there Although I think all we're doing is pointing out that Joan Crawford is crazy cuz it's like obviously she did it and now she's mad about it. Well yeah, Possibly. that was the other thing yeah. is uh when she's talking about uh certain hairstyles like when she freaks out and cuts her hair she's like Oh, your hair! You you look like a tramp! I won't send you to school like that! I'm like, you're the one who gets her hair cut. Yeah, well no, she's she's deeply irrational. She starts crying in the middle of that scene because she realizes that she's been being crazy for a couple of minutes. I assume that a lot of this movie, because we don't get to see it from Joan Crawford's side, because this is a book written by her angry-ass daughter, is that Joan Crawford probably has a lot of moments throughout her life where she's like, Holy shit, I'm fucking nuts! (laughs) (laughs) What the shit did I just do? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, and it just keeps happening, And it, which starts, we didn't even talk about the, story, the scene that starts it, which is her challenging her daughter to races in the pool so she can beat her and laugh at her about it. <laughs> yeah, which at is... that
1: point, she just kind of seems like maybe she's a bitch. We're yeah. not really sure how deep this is going to yeah. go. but it's well, wonderful you can tell because
0: it's... that comes later where she's like, oh, and no one will ever, like, let you win, and I'm bigger than you, so I'll always beat you. And then later in the movie, she's like, why does everything have to be a contest with you? It's <laughs> yeah, like, oh, you bitch! Yeah. <laughs> Although that does does set up how crazy she is because we get rad lawyer dad or uncle looking at him like, oh, god damn it. Look at that. She's just being mean to that kid. You shouldn't be mean to kids. You should be mean to communists. (laughs) Uh,
1: I bought you that child. Treat that child well.
0: That was expensive. I don't want to have to get you another one when that one goes to the loony band. The warranty's out on that one, baby. You know how we do uh, lobotomies in this day and age? It's all screwdriver to the eye socket. It sucks. (laughs) <laughs> so okay, it, it, eventually the uh, we we switch out of old lo- or lawyer boyfriend from the fifties to modern slick sixties lawyer boyfriend who was really mad at the daughter for calling him Uncle Tim or whatever. I like, right, I'm not your uncle. He
1: understands your... that yeah, that's creepy. That's
0: crazy. <laughs> anyway, uh, because uh, Christina is burgeoning on her adolescence, she finds her mom making out with this guy very interesting. So she finds an excuse to walk in and look at them, which means boarding school right away. Just instant boarding school, which yeah. is I thought was an awesome sequence. Well, it's disposing of a problem.
1: Jeff, exactly. You know, yeah. Joan Crawford was very attuned to the presence of other people in the house when she was trying to have an orgasm. Oh, no, I the, think you of all people would understand
0: <laughs> this. First of all, the lawyer told her. She was, she was deep in makeout time and he was like, hey, we've got company. You want me to, you want I should whack her? Cause this guy, this guy is very much just a mobster. Instead of the cool fifties dude from the beginning, he's just like, yeah, give me some scotch, kid. <laughs> okay. So also with that, The problem with her going straight to boarding school after that scene is you think it's pretty much just a one-to-one, like, oh, you kind of walked in when mommy was getting felt up. You, you were just definitely cock-blocking mommy here. So (laughs) off to boarding school, you go. And that's the problem with the movie is there's just cut, cut, cut from everything. And you're like, really? Did we just go straight from like, and then the following morning, boarding school? That was my favorite cut because it implied (laughs) that. And I think that's the case. I think literally Joan Crawford yep. gets up the next morning and is like, well, yep. she's become a liability and off to boarding school she goes. <laughs> uh, it's it's so insane to me. I almost wish I had read the book just to know, <laughs> but I I don't know if the book would also just be like each chapter is a small vignette and then it's just, yeah. you nope, know, nothing else. No like tie-in to anything. I like to think it's one of those humor books. like The, the whole thing was written by uh, What's-His-Face. Um, uh, forget it. It's one of those books about like Growing up, you have to buy your wife at least as much jewelry as you buy your horse and other wit and wisdom of the West. Where it's just, <laughs> it's just little vignettes, and it's just like, uh, well, then my mama done beat me up real good, but I learned a lesson but really it's probably closer to a Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood type yes. thing where and she that like,
1: is also a picaresque novel
0: yeah where every episode is like well my mom beat the tar out of me but I sure done learned a southern lesson
1: <laughs> Yeah, what
0: I learned was not to hand my mother an axe when she's going insane <laughs> no we
1: need to talk about that scene because the
0: cutting all the roses that down.
1: scene is the best scene to me because this is right after isn't this right after she gets the it's, uh, Oscar
0: no it's right after she, the, the cutting the roses is right after she gets kicked out of MGM ah okay yeah, yeah. so
1: she, she is in a gown that I I like classic movies I recognize this gown this is an Adrian gown that she wore at some point in the late 30s early 40s and she's got it on it's 2am she's in the Rose Garden with the garden shears and to me this scene redeemed the entire movie because seeing Joan Crawford in an Adrian gown screaming insanely with garden shears destroying her rose garden worth the price of
0: admission. I no. also thought that scene was great because the maid comes in to wake up the daughter to help. So she's like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yes. she's like, "She's like, what well, we need to do as a maid, my job is to enable is to, <laughs> Children, so, please wake yeah. up and come downstairs with yeah. your crazy your mother. Your terrifying mother has garden shears and you need to get down where she is right away.
1: This is why mandatory reporting laws were created. Yeah. To me, the maid is the villain of this piece because yeah. she had so many opportunities to report the child My abuse. guess is
0: that that maid is literally the first to t- Attempted a child and, and, and that's why that's why we don't have to we don't see her beating up the maid because the maid's broken already yeah. that horse is in the stable uh, the, the, the nice thing at least with that scene is because it follows right after where MGM basically kicks her out of the studio is it gives some idea of a setup for oh, yeah. it everything else is just okay we're gonna open on this scene and then Joan Crawford goes crazy here it's Oh, we have a fucking backstory for this? There's a reason things are happening? Yeah. Oh my god, amazing! Alright, let's get to the back half of this thing, because she goes to boarding school, she's in boarding school for about three minutes as a child, and then all of a sudden she's a teenager... A twenty-five-year-old teenager. Yeah. Don't worry about it because she has to play that same same actress until she's like thirty-five. So yeah. we, we start with her being a little too old, and she's hanging out with like Reggie and Veronica from <laughs> from uh, Sunnydale or River, no Riverdale. We learned this last time. They're, they're <laughs> from Riverdale. Sunnydale. They're from they're Sunnydale. They're hanging out with, with Buffy. Buffy and Xander from <laughs> Sunnydale. Yeah. No, they're in Riverdale. And, and she does a little tiny piece of, of Antigone.
1: Yes, which is appropriate, because yeah. that particular scene is about the child getting yelled at for spilling water on the floor.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's so,
1: deep, y'all. Although, it's deep.
0: Although, it, true to life, she's terrible at it. Yes. It's, it's a very weak performance of Antigone. Uh, anyway, she clearly has a crush on this dude, the only other the only the dude in school, as far as we know. Yes. And then that pisses off the only other girl in school, as far as we know. And there's a sexy scene of, of her flirting with him and him hitting her with a sock <laughs> over and over again. He takes his so sock hot. off and starts whipping her with it. Well, now, you know,
1: she's into it. I mean, I think that was the implication that yeah. she's into being beaten. She as mean, as the, wire
0: socks. <laughs> as, <laughs> as, the, as the female voice in this. Yeah. So, how hot getting hit with socks? Scale of 1 to 10. Well, Just break it down for us.
1: It depends on the sock. Um, It's a 50 sock,
0: so it's silk or rayon.
1: Oh, absolutely. I was thinking of those cotton athletic socks. That would be the hottest because it (laughs) makes you think of, like, boys in locker rooms or something. (laughs) But, like, a nice vintage crepe sock. Yeah, I could get down with that. This is
0: one of those things where two of us are going to come down to agree on you because once you become bisexual or at least into dudes in any way... You realize that the stink that dudes put off is actually occasionally okay. And it doesn't it doesn't make sense. You're like you're like, "Why do I like this? Why do I want to smell it again?"
1: Now I have an excuse because this is associated with ovulation in women. I don't know what your problem is. I'm
0: bisexual? Oh, oh, it's because <laughs> you're you're a gross human being <laughs> and gross smells hey, turn just, you on. Just because I'm gross doesn't mean I don't have standards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you like your gross smells to be to a certain standard. You I'm,
1: must be this gross to make Make Jeff an All erection. I'm saying
0: is, I work hard on my gross, and I would like to be the grossest thing in the room. I would like someone else to work hard on my gross. It's kind of like how, you know how girls always want to date men that are taller than them? Mm. I, I want to date a guy who's less stinky so I can envelop him in my stink. Like I want to, to, to be... The, be I want to, the big
1: stink spoon. <laughs> <laughs> <That's exactly>.
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs> when we go out it's my smell that people people pick up on first (laughs) oh god so she's a teenager she (laughs) she she briefly tries to hook up with this guy after he lets her ride a horse and then oh yeah that's that's the most erotic thing that has ever happened to her she's like oh yeah guy rides a horse Uh, I'm hot for you well that's another thing if you're a teenage girl yeah that's another thing if you're a teenage girl you're like dude is that a guy on a horse oh man if his name's Corey my pussy's gonna fall (laughs) out (laughs) Oh my god, someone get a canoe. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, so, and then she gets caught by the other, only other girl in school because, yet again, this is a movie where people are just coincidentally walking around behind this girl at all times. Yeah. Learn! No, no
1: situational awareness yeah. at all.
0: Well, she also has never learned. To seat herself in such a way yeah. that she has a clear view of the windows and doors. It just reminds See. me of our friend Russ, who literally will not... Be, <laughs> he has to have his back to a wall or a corner at all times. He's like a weasel. He's you know, a
1: prey animal. Yeah,
0: predators <laughs> might be coming, and you need to be aware at all time if a predator is coming. I mean, this is a girl who has grown up as a prairie dog. Learn to deal with it. Do a pop-up check. <laughs> you know, this is the type of girl that I would imagine at this point had strung up like cans and string to make noise. Like, she's straight making the Walking Dead-style traps. It is the
1: parent trap up in there. There's honey all over the place. (laughs) On the home alone. (laughs)
0: She's got a paint can ready to go. (laughs) The girl tries the door of the stable and there's a blowtorch on the other side. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, If if you're always constantly getting walked in on, there's a point where you're like, you know what? Maybe it's me. Yeah, maybe I masturbate too much. That's a lesson I learned. <laughs> it's true, John. <laughs> and then I moved out of my house, at my parents' house, and I was like, sweet, I can masturbate all I want. Uh, lesson learned. The more you know. Now, so, what he
1: doesn't know is that his masturbation still has the supernatural power to attract his parents into his room. It's true. He just doesn't notice anymore. One thing is that He's my... getting old.
0: Now, no matter what I do, masturbation or sex, otherwise, dead silent. <laughs> it's, like, it's like having sex with like a zombie or something. I'm just like... Yep, I'm doing this. I'm not saying anything. These thrusts make no noise. Don't don't even worry about it. You're the one who makes noise. I make stink. I brought stink to the table.
1: And then if there's even the slightest queef, he goes crazy.
0: I told you it had to be quiet. Keep the air out of your vagina. Is that so much? As a child, I kept the air out of my vagina with a sponge. And a little (laughs) drinking straw. Good lord. Okay, so... Mom pulls her out of school. So at that point, Mom freaks out because, oh my god, you're a harlot. And so now we need to take and put you into a convent convent that's going to teach you something. After hilariously taking her out to uh, dinner once where she just rips into her. She's like, oh, come to school. You're having a great day at school. Why don't you come out to lunch with your mom? Oh, don't flirt with people. Flirting with people makes you look cheap. Just, just boom, <laughs> right into her. And then when she brings her home from the high school, or boarding school or whatever the fuck it is, she brings her home and there's a woman from Red Book there. Oh, God. And that's the big climactic scene of the film, or one of them, where uh, she... Her mom's really mad at her, and before she lets her go into the house, she's like, there's a woman here from Red Book. Do not ruin this for me. And so the daughter tries, and she comes in, and she's like, hello, it's very nice to see you. I am having a good time at school, and her and uh, Joan Crawford cannot resist the opportunity to get a dig in, so she immediately goes, she was expelled. And, and she wasn't. Her mom pulled her out of school. She's like, that was a lie. And then they get into the best fight. Yeah, the was, best fight. it was a
1: pretty great... I will say that the fight...
0: Was campy. The fight is super campy. Yeah. The the I guard- kind of wish it had gone on. A little longer. I wanted it to be like they live levels of fight where it's just all (laughs) over the house, throwing into things, busting busting up like all of the armoires. Shooting through
1: boxes of (laughs) cereal.
0: One of them gets a ladder, just straight top ropes the mother like oh fly an elbow! But this is this before the fight is one of my favorite examples of the low-level dialogue in this film, because it's just how come you can't be nice to me? Why did you lie? Well, I didn't lie. You're a... You lied. Well, why would I lie to you? I'm mad. Well, I don't even think I want you as a daughter. Why not? And then they get into a fight, and, and it's a choke. She just goes... Uh, Joan Crawford goes in to choke her daughter, which is hilarious because she doesn't want to choke the actor. So we've got her hands very close to her neck, but the daughter's just going... Blah, blah, like like Jabba the Hutt getting choked out. And, and then she goes uh, off to a convent. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> it's great because you also get, at the end of that, because it just jumps... And however many years later, she's out of the convent and has learned everything. Yeah, she's like, "Thank you, Mother Superior. Everything here was great. You barely even beat me. This is amazing. <laughs> it's like a fucking vacation in here." When yeah. a
1: convent boarding school is an upgrade from your home environment, yeah, that's it's, a red flag.
0: Yeah, and uh, anyway, at this point, we start settling into the landing pattern of this movie. The 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 uh, Joan Crawford's got a new husband who Who's, is like one of the uh, board of Pepsi. Of Pepsi. Yeah. And so she's milking him for money because no studio touches her anymore. The daughter moves out, gets an apartment, and gets a job on a soap opera the the Joan Crawford is spending way too much of Pepsi Guy's money, which is also i'd say that as actually my favorite smash cut in the movies. Is him saying you're breaking my back with all this spending? S- smash cut to him being dead and her, her facing the Pepsi board of directors, and they're like, <laughs> "Wow, you uh, you killed you him. Quick. You owe a lot of money. That's <laughs> crazy. How did you kill him so fast? He was like 28. What did you do? <laughs> God damn, you horrible succubus!" <laughs> and then my my favorite scene for her, which is when she takes on the Pepsi board of directors, and she's yes. like, "I'll destroy you fucks."
1: What's weird is that they're actually kind of scared of her. I would yeah. think that she would not be able to make good on the threat of driving Pepsi's brand into the ground by speaking out against it. If Joan Crawford won't drink your soda, no one... will Who gives a shit about Joan Crawford? It's like 1965. Yeah, oh, yeah.
0: That. No, I'm pretty sure everyone in there was like, Okay, guys, we need to pretend to be nice to her because she is dumpster hobo levels of crazy right <laughs> now. And if we say anything... I'm pretty sure she's going to bite my face off. Look, I brought my kids to that wedding. She saw my kids. She knows what my kids look like. <laughs> I cannot have this. So she, she knows where I keep the hangers. So that means that she manages to get to stay on the Pepsi Board of Trustees, which is how she has enough money to sort of retire and so on.
1: Although she retires badly. That last scene in the bed in her apartment is pretty pathetic.
0: Yeah, she does definitely go out. She spent way too much of her money on giant, super clean houses and maintaining a fleet of maids to sign things for her. And also there's the scene where she's like, Oh... Oh, uh, you're going to have to get, like, a scholarship for yeah, your boarding school still in She's high school. She's like, oh, we're so poor now. And then you go upstairs, and she is passed out drunk with, like... Ten or twenty new dresses that she just bought.
1: There was a fantastic shot in. It's that restaurant scene when the daughters come home from for the weekend, and she's saying, "We had to let the maid go." And then she lifts like her cup up to her hand, and just you see the d- d- diamond encrusted bracelet, huge ring on her hand, while she's saying, "We don't have any money."
0: <laughs> yeah, we also we have to get to my favorite part of the Joan Crawford story, which is that late in life the daughter gets a job on a soap opera. Christina Crawford, for real, got a job on General Hospital or something in the in the uh, in the early seventies. And uh, when she suffered from an ovarian cyst and had to go to the hospital, uh, Joan Crawford took over and did, played her. She didn't play her mom or anything on the show. She played Christina Crawford, who was, who was uh, 28 years old at the time, <laughs> Yeah, in the soap yep. opera for about 10 episodes. Yep. Which, that's one of those details that if you didn't know it was true, you'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> honestly, <laughs> here's what this movie could have done to be an amazing movie. Shorten the scale to just that, <laughs> just just the story of Joan Crawford playing Christina Crawford's character on Days of Our Lives or whatever the hell that was for ten episodes. You could make it a little Wes Anderson movie or like a Richard Linklater or something. Just really zoom in on that one little <laughs> bit of the biopic, and that would have been awesome. Yeah,
1: I'm seeing I'm seeing like Robert Altman directing this little this little
0: yeah on, a zombie. on set movie. Yeah, zombie Robert Altman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, uh, fire bad. Action.
1: Ensemble cast good. <laughs>
0: Talk over each other. <laughs> silence bad. Silence bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. So after that, we get uh, the last scene with Joan alive is her daughter accepting an award for her. We don't even know what the award is. It's It's just, we, our organization wants to present Joan Crawford with an award. Just an award. The good enoughy. Here it is. You, you were famous. Here's the Grats on Being Famous Award. It
1: was televised, so it must have been at least like, I don't know, a SAG Award lifetime achievement or something. Yeah,
0: I think back then the Oscars were still short enough that you could probably show the technical awards and shit. So maybe it was that or it probably wasn't. I it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if she won a lifetime Oscar. And it was presented by some random bearded guy.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. Me. It was John. It was John. Nineteen seventy three. John shows up <laughs> yep, on scene. Negative eight years old. Hey man. <laughs> <laughs> they had a pizza they needed delivered, and I was going to be there in 30 minutes or less. 30 minutes or less. The hot new pizza licensed property. We're still not sure what we're doing with the this. The license game? is hot and ready for you in 30 minutes or less. <laughs> what are we doing with that? Is it a role-playing game? Is it a web series? What are we making here? Oh, it's everything. I'm going cross-brand. We've got lunch boxes. we got cereals. Flamethrowers. <laughs> so, so she accepts that, and Joan Crawford cries a single tear as her daughter... Doesn't manages, do a good enough job. <laughs> manages to not tell an entire audience of people, oh, my mom's fucking I was crazy. crossing my fingers oh, yeah, right? so
1: much for that, for that breakdown, or she turned to the camera and go, and I just wanted to say, my mom is an insane bitch.
0: Yeah. What's well, so weird that her accent throughout the movie, the daughter's <laughs> accent, is this kind of, like, trying to hide a southern accent thing that she's doing. And there's no way. She grew up in Hollywood. There's no way she has that accent. Her her mom does the mid-Atlantic accent a little bit, and then also a lot of arch-LA accent. Mm -hmm. Her daughter somehow picks up Southern, and it's just like, nope, that's just an actor. That's just, you can't, they told her not to be so Southern, and she couldn't. (laughs) Uh, So then we get the funeral. Yeah, I I wanted to mention one more thing about the accent. It's especially noticeable that she has this soft Southern accent, because the maid's name is Carol Ann. Carol Carol Ann! Yeah, so there's a lot of shots of her running around in houses going, Carol Ann! Walk into the light, Carol Ann! Carol Ann, my mom is drunk, Carol Ann! Watch out for that clown, Carol Ann! You have to want to go into the light. (laughs) <laughs> it was on an Indian burial ground You just moved the gravestones So anyway There's a whole poltergeist theme That was really fun as, as, we, as we watched through the movie We're just like Yay poltergeist Yay this is something That reminds me of a slightly better movie But I don't like poltergeist Fuck you fight me
1: oh. Anyway the movie ends
0: And they shove the TV Out of the hotel room And that's the end of it (laughs) Yeah yeah. That's the last shot Joan Crawford dies And then they push a TV Out of a hotel room (laughs) Push her out of a hotel room Dead (laughs) On a little cart (laughs) Meh And wheeled out Yeah Anyway She dies And we get a shot of of Her her daughter looking at her And going like Oh mommy You're dead I'm sad And again I feel like This is strong coloring From the book being written Where the daughter Did not want to present What she actually did At her mom's funeral Which is just Fuck you! No, I
1: completely believe it. And this goes with my whole narcissistic personality disorder theory. That the whole the whole idea is that the, the boundaries between mother and daughter were completely broken down. And oh, I, yeah. And I think it was strange and painful. She probably was surprised that she was sad because when she's away from her mother she thinks about what a cunt her mother is. Yeah. But then when she's in the presence of her mother suddenly she loves her again or feels like they're the same person. And,
0: yeah. Well, you yeah. did have... The maid shows up and is like, oh, your mother... Loved you so much, she's like, I really wish I could believe that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I need to believe Well, exactly, that. she
1: said, I need to believe that. Yeah. She didn't want to give up on the idea that her mother had still cared about her.
0: I wish she broke me the way she broke you. <laughs> oh, God, the fact that the maid outlives that mother, I was like, oh, my God, how is that even possible? Well, she's going to get buried alive with her. just going to go <laughs> yeah. down there and clean no. the grave. And- if you, to this day, if you go to Joan Crawford's Pyramid, where she is entombed, <laughs> you will find the remains of Carol Ann. <laughs> <laughs> who never made it into the light, I guess. <laughs> and then we get the hilarious scene, the very end, the coda of the film, which is uh, a lawyer talking to Xander Berkeley, by the way, a, a 80s character actor icon and the second most famous person in this movie, who has one line as the adult Christopher. One line. I
1: think there were two. Maybe two. So yeah. that
0: gives that gives this character her brother, like a major character, one of three people who live in the house, three lines. Yay. Anyway, he's just like, "Yeah, mom's dead." Sure enough. Okay. <laughs> well, that nope. sucked. Let's go sit in the lawyer's office, and 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 then, sure enough, the the last shot that Joan Crawford <laughs> manages to take across her daughter's bow is to leave her nothing in the will. Which I, I know that she's like, "Oh, well, it's mostly the thought that counts." Because she literally the the line in the will is like. I leave them no provisions, and I think they know why. Because they
1: have to be self-sufficient. Yeah.
0: But, you know, it's one last little shot at, shot at them that she has to take. Even though we know she dies poor. So what's she leaving them anyway? Yeah. She
1: got them from beyond the grave. Yeah.
0: So it's not like she has a really good shot she can take. But then we get the, uh, the, the, bro- the brother. Oh yeah, the brother's like, what? oh, well, I guess that mom got the last word, as always. And then, oh my god, just the, the close, slow zoom in. On Christina, where it's like, "Oh, but did she did she
1: no, you didn't wait long enough. It was yeah. like fifteen seconds between yeah. the first, did she and the second did she they
0: do, Mr. Frodo, they do <laughs> taters <laughs> <laughs> there is <nothing. laughs> sketch. Ooh, City of Violence, <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, that's our fade out. And then it doesn't—it doesn't freeze frame on her. She just holds that face as she stares at her brother. And then cr- credits start to roll over her, just staring at him.
1: Yes, it was hard to tell if it was in fact a freeze frame or if it was just her trying to sit very still. She's real
0: good at corpse acting, if that's the case. They oh keep, man, they I keep... want—I want a reverse shot of the brother, like what the. F-? Ah, he <laughs> just gets up and waters off. He's like, God damn it, you're as crazy as she was. I'm so glad I was strapped to a bed for my childhood. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I'm gonna go be in a bunch of eighties sex comedies. <laughs> Not you, Diana Scarmid. You're gonna disappear. You get out. Yeah. Alright, so uh, John, there we go. That was the movie. Now, uh normally we would rate the movie Just Jeff and I, uh, on a one through five, and that would give us our scale out of ten.
1: So are we doing on a scale of one point? One to three point three.
0: Yes, one one two three point three repeating, of course. Or just or just you and I do one to fives, and her vote counts as a guest vote, as in not at all. Oh yeah, of course. One of those. Oh, we're going to be very interested in your vote, however. Yeah. Okay, we'll let you have your own vote. You get a one to ten, just you. Oh
1: my gosh, really? It's all for you, gaming.
0: All right. So, so Jeff. Let's get your score, mommy dearest. One to five. What do you give it? Uh, I'm gonna give this one a 1.5. A little better than some of the other movies I've actively disliked, although this is a deeply boring film. So even if, even if you're like, oh man, the themes of this thing are awesome, and there's, like, there's uh, there's, uh, there's interesting play happening between the mother and the daughter. It's a wonderful portrait of insanity, but there's like eight of these vignettes, and I only needed one to get the point across that she's crazy. Cause the next one's just the same vignette again. She just does something different. So, I'm going to give it a 1.5 because I really like period dress, and there's a whole 0. 0.5 bonus in there for Rad 50's lawyer guy at the beginning. <laughs> Baby. Yeah. So, there you go. A 1.5. And
1: her husband also called people Pally, which I appreciate. Oh, yeah. Her
0: Pepsi husband yeah. called people Pally. Good choice. Good fourth, choice, John. Fourth guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, for me, I'm going to give this a 0. 0.5. Uh,
1: John was hurting during this movie. Oh, my
0: God. I, I didn't. I didn't have my cell phone out for the first half of this movie.
1: He really gave it the old college try.
0: I was trying so hard, but it's so bad. It's not it's not just boring. It it's offensively boring in the way that it's made. It's not very well made. That's that's a big thing for this movie. That's the problem, is it's it made (laughs) it made insanity and child abuse and Hollywood scandal into something that made me want to take a nap. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, movie. I don't like you. You get .5 for Red 50s, dude, and that's all you get. (laughs) Yeah, like I said, it's totally worth a bonus .5. That (laughs) is his bonus .5 on this movie. So we go to a 2 out of 10 for us. Now, special guest, Claire, your 1 to 10. What are you giving the movie?
1: This is so hard because I agree with you that it's boring in that it's like the screenwriter didn't understand the concept of, like, rising action because there is none. There's really no climax to the film. There's just no structure. It's just scenes in a row that just sort of lay there. And I'm, I'm sensitive to film structure, and so that upset me. But on the other hand, the individual scenes I occasionally found compelling So I think I'm going to have to go with like a 4 out of 10.
0: Holy shit. Double our score. Mm. There you go. Fair enough. I mean, also, I, I assume you're a sucker for the period clothing.
1: The period clothing was pretty great. You know, yeah. Faye Dunaway swanning around in, you know, long, flowing purple gowns is going to get at least a point. For and you, you did
0: have it. one coat in there that oh I think God. gave you a half day. Oh, yeah. That's, it's oh the, when God. they go into the new New York apartment, she's straight up wearing a Cruella DeVille outfit. It was
1: so good. Yeah, that coat and that. I have a coat thing, apparently, because the coat that uh, Robin Wright Penn wears in the last scene of season two of House of Cards, Google this shit, great coat and very similar.
0: I, I don't even need to Google it. I agree. I love that scene. <laughs> Uh, okay, so, so there you go. Yeah. The average then, I suppose, would be about a 3 out of 10. Yeah. If that you're. Yeah, eh, sure, why not? <laughs> 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 it's a 2 out of 10. Don't watch it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't listen to Claire. Run. <laughs> Call the police.
0: So there you go. That was Mommy Dearest. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you to Claire for joining us. You have been on the show a couple times. If you want to check out more Claire and you haven't heard her before, she was on the episode for Maid, which
1: Dear God, I still wake up screaming.
0: <laughs> and then also, I believe, for Scion. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah, you can go check those out for the system mastery podcasts. And uh you can go ahead and let us know if you liked having another person on the show, because we probably won't, and it doesn't matter if you did. <laughs> No, I think we could get more guests. I mean, uh, now that we both actually have, like, jobs, like, real jobs, and we can pay rent, maybe we'll finally use the Patreon money for what we're supposed to and get soundboards. Which hiring and- actors to <laughs> pretend they like us.
1: Not paying our friends to pretend they like us.
0: <laughs> so, thank you so much. You can always find us on Twitter or Facebook or all of the social medias. We're System Mastery on everything. It's systemmastery at gmail.com. SystemMasteryPodcast.com if you want to leave any comments. Maybe you love this movie, you think we're idiots. Let us know. You're wrong, but let us know.
1: Also, drag queens, call us. We need to get a uh, Kickstarter going for the musical.
0: Right, that's true. Please, please. Please, as many drag queens as possible, call me right away. <laughs> I, I need a gaggle of drag but queens. None of you say, yes, queen. I really don't. For some reason, <laughs> I don't like that phrase. I'm not sure why. It's kind of racist. It's uh,
1: racial appropriation. Okay, it's a little
0: racist, and also I think it got appropriated by straight people immediately.
1: Oh, yeah, my 13 year old sister. I'll yeah. That.
0: So I think, it, I think it didn't last long enough in the gay community to become campy and fun. It was just immediately picked. It's like whenever. You you hear white people saying like black slang, you're like, uh, 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 uh why? Don't do that. You don't sound cool. That's what Yas Queen has turned into like immediately.
1: Double appropriated, yeah. actually. I like that. Yeah, it's
0: been double appropriated. Now it's it's for sweatpants ice cream women. That's who that's who's left who are allowed to say yes queen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. Like, ah, I'm gonna watch all of this season on Netflix. Yes, Queen. That's my act of, of drag rebellion. <laughs> <laughs> back take it back take it all back but not on the phone with me thank you (laughs) all right so thank you so much for joining us if you want to give us a movie that you want us to watch go ahead and let us know just send it to the twitter or email we'll put it on the list and we will randomly roll to see what we are watching next so join us in two weeks when we will have some random movie that you want us to watch.
1: Because you hate them.
0: So much. I mean, at least this one was like a Hollywood film. There's there's stuff on that list that's like, oh, you know, it's an instructional video I found in a Baskin-Robbins. This is a, watch this. This is a video for a German instructions on how to lift boxes.
1: <laughs> Has anyone put Burdemic on the list? Yes, yeah, Burdemic okay, is, good, good, is
0: okay. on the list. I'm
1: uh, going gonna, gonna to flip the die there, over this time to yeah, get to that one.
0: There's a few other things on the list that are famous super bad, not even movies, like... Uh, Let's see, there's Burdemic, and then there's also uh, A Talking Cat, which, which, <laughs> oh, uh, God. you remember when we watched, and you didn't get to watch it with us, but you were playing to, but you were going to watch with us, uh, 1313 Frank and Queen.
1: Oh. It, it is a
0: movie that is not actually a movie that's just people on stage. Just, just the shirtless dudes walking around so you can look at them, and that's all the movie is? Well, this, uh, A Talking Cat has the same director. Oh, dear. And it's it's David DeCoteau, who apparently tried once to make a Hollywood movie, and he made A Talking Cat, and then he went back to making like 1313 UFO Invasion and shit. <laughs> like he, he just makes... Uh, anyway, there you go. So uh, there's a lot of horrible things on there, but it could get worse, so send them in. Yeah, let us know what you want. It goes on the list, and we will see you in two weeks for another Movie Mastery.